Hey, do I got your attention? You listening? Awesome. Hey, what's up? It's Nick from the dive table. I wanted to take a minute to talk to you about our dive clubs. I would really appreciate if you would check out one of our exclusive, all-inclusive dive clubs. Bringing you this content every week does take time and energy, and just like any other item on the market, it requires upfront costs. Lucky for you, we're not in the market of mass production because we only create one product, the dive table. Pretty awesome. I mean, you're sitting here listening to us now. With your support, however, we can start to bring exclusive content to the dive table that we wouldn't otherwise be able to accomplish. Go to our website, www.thedivetable.com, and click on Join a Dive Club. It's right there in the upper right-hand corner. And come on, if you haven't checked out our website already, just browse over there and check it out. Choose a club that best fits your budget and join today. And help us be the diving podcast that brings the most comprehensive stories to your ears. Thank you. Welcome to the Dive Table. I'm Jay Gardner, and with me as always is Mr. Nick Hogle. Nick, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty good. I accidentally slept through my alarm, but I'm up and running. Things are going good, and it's uh, it's going good. You sl- you slept through your alarm for seven p.m. <laughs> yes, I, I I took a nap. I took a nap and set an alarm and almost slept through it. But uh, I'm here. I'm here, and I'm ready to go. Good. It's it's game time. We're ready. We're ready to go. Game yeah. Time. Um, and producer Daniel is here as well. It's bright and early on this Texas morning, and we're excited to have you as part of the show. Nick, you ready to jump into this? Oh, let's dive right in. A podcast for scuba divers everywhere. Take your seat at the dive table with your hosts, Nick Hogle and Jay Gardner. All right, so today we're really excited to welcome back to the table a uh, a friend of ours and someone that we really respect and love hearing his work and his opinion, Mr. Mike Galt. And if you haven't yet listened to the two-part episode with the interview on Mike, you can pause this podcast right now and go back (laughs) uh, a few podcasts and listen to those two and then come back to this one. But we're not continuing just an interview with Mike today. We're really excited to have him on the show as he's going to share some updates on a project that he is spearheading um, called the Texas Underwater Survey. So, Mike, welcome back to the dive table. All right. Yeah. Glad to, glad to be here again. Thanks for having me back on. Great. So today's episode, we're really going to hand it over to Mike, let him talk about what Texas Underwater Survey is introduce you to that. Uh, you probably heard a little bit about what it was back on with the interview with Mike. And then he's going to give us an update. And one of the things I'm excited about in all of this, Nick, too, is that I think that we've talked about kind of coming every quarter, every three months or something like that, and hearing more about this project as it unfolds. So this should be the first of what I hope is many episodes moving forward um, that will keep us in the loop around the Texas Underwater Survey. So, uh, yeah, let's get into this. Uh, first, Mike, you want to just tell us a little bit about the project, uh, what it is, the origination of it, so on and so forth, just to keep the listeners kind of up to date on what Texas Underwater Survey actually is. And real oh, quick, sure. if I so- can just jump in. Uh, sorry to change the subject, uh, but we recently just heard about your promotion uh, with the your other project of the um, – 
good enough spring. So I wanted to say congratulations on your new position uh, about that. We just heard about that. I think it was last week, something like that. So uh, congratulations on that. And hopefully right, we yeah, can talk thank, a little bit you, about that you. too. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to, happy to, you know, give some updates on that front as, as well, if y'all like, um, after we talk about the, uh, the Texas survey project. Yes, that'd be great. Okay. So, so the, the Texas underwater survey, so th this is, uh, a project that was kicked off earlier this, this summer. Uh, maybe it, maybe it was late spring when it, when it first started kind of get, getting going. Um, it, it really started, uh, with me kind of seeking some, a little bit of extra help with some survey work that that I was doing, it's it's been an off and on project of mine, if you will. Uh, it's probably not even fair to call it a project, but just more of an activity or interest of mine since the early days of my diving in Texas. Just getting familiar with sites and kind of documenting what's at sites. It, it, I guess you could say it started when I I did my dive Patty dive master class, and they asked me to create a map uh, as part of the course requirements for that. And it's something I kind of worked off and on with over the years and, and was was going to try to push it a little bit more and was looking for some help from like a cartographer and photographer. And I, I put a message out on social media just to try to get a, you know, see if I could pick up a, a friend or two to help out with that. And I was instantly overwhelmed with responses from people who were, were interested in doing survey work around the state. And so this was a totally spontaneous thing that just sprung up organically from interest from divers around the around the state and when it when it happened i thought well you know if, if there's this many people interested in doing this maybe we should do something a little bit more and try to coordinate the activities throughout the state and so from that came a a project to to basically just document the dive sites around the state so diving them uh, getting getting photo documentation of them, uh, collecting data, recording the features and the the locations and the characteristics of the different features around the different dive sites around the state. And so we had a we had a a uh, kind of a uh, formal ish uh, web meeting uh, where we just kind of talked through it a little bit with with interested parties, uh, folks that were expressing interest in it, and then from there. Uh, we held an event. Uh, what was it? July, I think, where we held a kickoff event out at out at Windy Point Park on Lake Travis, where we got some folks together, and and we identified site coordinators for some of the different sites around around the state, uh, so that they could kind of begin surveying work at at sites that that they're interested in. And so we have we have several in individuals who have been designated as site coordinators for some of the sites, and we're we're looking for additional site coordinators from for some sites where we we don't have any anybody designated. And the site coordinator is just a a point person who's familiar with what's going on at that site, and for people who are interested in diving at that site, they can let them know what information we're needing at that site so that they can they can help us you know gather that. That information, and we're talking about things like what are the location of of the sunken features, like boats and cars, training platforms that instructors use. Where where are these things located? What's the distance between them? What's the compass heading between them so that divers can find these things when they go diving at these sites? What are the natural features 
where where's the wall where are the walls where are the grottos where are the trees et cetera et cetera and and so that's kind of where we're at now is just getting getting kicked off with with the early stages of gathering some of the data at some of these sites and and really just just really getting things spinning up right now so that's kind of the kind of you know what got us started and and uh, you know where we're where we're where we're at now um, I could talk a little bit about some of the specific sites that are kind of what seem to be getting the most attention uh, initially or, or in, and y'all just stop me if you have questions um, along the way as well uh, we really where we've we've started some of our early attention has has been at Mammoth Lake uh, Windy Point on Lake Travis, uh, a site that I'm calling Max Canyon on, on Lake Travis, and some sites at, at Canyon Lake, Comal Park, and Overlook Park. So these are these are where we're starting to see some of the the initial activity. And with Windy Point, that's a that's a site that's familiar to many divers in, in Texas. It's a popular popular site, centrally located in the state, and a popular site for training. And so I wanted to mention that when, when we talk about Windy Point, we've actually segmented that into, into three sections. So there's, there's what we call uh, Barstow's, uh, which is the Barstow family's park at Windy Point, uh, where there's a lot of diving activity. Then there's next door, there's a, a Travis County Park called Bob Wentz Park at, at Windy Point. So sometimes there's some confusion between the two. Uh, so, so, you know, there's actually two different parks where you can access the, the shore diving there. And then the, to the south of Bob Wentz Point, if you look at, if you look at uh, maps of the lake that show like underwater features and depths, you'll, you'll notice that the, the wall, what we call the wall that people dive at, at I'll call them Barstow's and Bob Wentz so I can differentiate the two. If you look at that wall, um, as it leaves the point, the actual windy point, the natural feature windy point, as the wall comes by that point and departs from the point underwater, you'll notice that it heads out into the middle of the lake, heading over towards over towards Mansfield Dam. So there's an interesting looking wall feature there that extends to the south from from Bob Wentz, and and so we we're calling that uh, windy point. Uh, south or south wall, and then we have the Bob Wentz section, and and then we have the the Barstow section, and we 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 broke them up like that just so you could kind of uh, it's easier to to understand where you're talking about, and 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 so that we can organize the work and know who's who's surveying where, and we kind of we kind of do the size based on what a person might be able to see and swim on a single tank on a single tank dive, swim dive. And, and so that, that whole area there is large enough that, you know, it could easily take three different uh, swimming dives to, to cover all three of those, all three of those areas. And so we're seeing some interesting stuff, nice grotto features, nice trees on, on the South part. Christian Feld is, is our site coordinator for both the Bob Wentz section as well as that that south south section, and so he's done some some early work there. Uh, he's run, recorded some of the depths of some of the interesting features and run some guidelines between some of the locations. And we've started collecting some data on on Barstow's 
um, Jan Barstow approached us, you know, when we were having our kickoff meeting, and and mentioned that uh, that her the map that they have for the site is is outdated. There's there's things at that site that are not on the map, and there's things that are on the map that aren't there anymore, and maybe some things on the map that are have been relocated. And and so she was asking for our help and getting that updated. So we're we're interested in working with her on that. We started collecting some data. You know, something that that makes a little bit of survey work easier, but is kind of unfortunate is that the lake level is really, really low, uh, which is which is not a great thing for a number of reasons. You know, just water availability for the community as well as, you know, entries and exits. Um, are, are not real convenient right now because you have to go up and down stairs. But um, but what it has done is it's, it's exposed some of what were previously underwater features that we're able to just walk down to now and get uh, a GPS uh, waypoint marked on it. it. makes it easy to mark more precisely where those are at. So we started gathering some of that stuff while the lake is down, and it's easy to to get that. And we started making some notes on, on some of the under, underwater stuff as well. Um, so that's kind of what's going on at at, at Windy Point, uh, I personally have done some some work at Max Canyon, which is not too far from Windy Point on the lake. It's a boat dive, and it, it it's where a, a creek feature comes into you know, what was a, a a creek or maybe dry wash that fed into the Colorado River before before the lake was there. And you know there was a there was a pretty good little community um, around Anderson Mill. There used to be a, a mill located there in this area, and they used to have uh, gardens and they were farming in this area. They they had uh, they had some irrigation canals and 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 is and how that relates to Max Canyon is there there was a what we believe to be by judging by the diagram on our survey maps that we have from before the lake was built before the dam was built to form the lake is what appeared to be a weir dam going across this this creek and so you know we've recently confirmed that we found we found the stone wall uh, that we believe formed the the weir dam and then on a more recent dive we went back and we were able to find kind of the middle section where water was allowed to pass through this dam and and so we did kind of confirm that that's what that was it's a you know place that was backing up water from the creek um and there's some really nice trees at this site. They're they're spaced out well, where you can swim through them without getting hung up in them too much. And some really large ones. And and so we're we're looking forward to exploring that site more to see, you know, what else we might be able to find there. There's the survey maps show that there were structures, buildings, uh, in this area. So we're interested in going back there to see if there might be any remains of those of those buildings and just getting all that all that documented. Uh, there's been a lot of diving activity out at, at Canyon Lake, at, at Comal Park and, and, and Overlook Park. So just kind of in the early stages of, of getting an overview of those sites, not a, not a lot of data collection yet. <laughs> Interesting enough, like the, 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 the guys that are, that are diving that, they keep getting distracted by finding old uh, vehicles, abandoned vehicles that have been <laughs> that have been that have been put there. That um, and you know they're just what was it about a week or so ago uh, where uh, we had divers. Uh, Scott Bauer was working with with the um, with the uh, county authorities there, the uh, sheriff's deputies, in recovering a stolen vehicle that they found when they were doing survey <laughs> survey work at this at this site. So 
It's always interesting when you're, you know, we divers in these lakes are accustomed to seeing, you know, old vehicles that, you know, that were stripped down and cleaned and prepped and purposely placed uh, to give divers something to look at during their dives. And we're accustomed to seeing those. So when you swim by and see a somewhat fresh paint job <laughs> and the windshield still in, in the vehicle, it always gets your attention. Something doesn't quite look right. And, were and they, so, uh... yeah, they did find a... Um, were were they able to find out any more information other than it was stolen, like who stole it, or was there any more of a backstory to it, or is it just kind of open investigation? Have, not, not that I've not that I've heard yet, um, but there might be. We that's, should. That's... Uh, I can. We we should check on that for the next update. See what kind of <laughs> updates we can get on the. That that'd be yeah, awesome. awesome. I'm calling, I'm calling that. I asked Scott last night. I said, uh, you know, did you open the glove box and actually get into it and. You know, did you did you find the drugs? And he's like, "Well, I did open the glove box, but there was just a, a driver's license in there, so uh, oh, really? I don't know the whole story um, yet." Because we had found a different truck down there as well, and I wasn't sure when I first saw it. Was well, that the one that we found here or there? And um, and it was uh, an interesting story. So I don't think he knows. I don't know if the sheriffs are going to update him on the case, but it'd be interesting yeah. to call back and say hey you know what, what's the story there just so we have it you know as, as scuba diving lore for uh, maybe for it'll Scott. be in a public forum or something um but i had a quick question on the the lake travis part of the survey um are you find it interesting because the lake levels are so low right now that you know you can reach some of these areas more easily um or like is there some new interesting terrain because I know that the lake. I don't know if they're at an all-time low. I don't think that they are, but uh, I, I was. I just wonder, um, is is that kind of a cool thing? I, I mean, obviously, lake low lake levels aren't great, but you know, to access some some areas that normally you know recreational divers couldn't hit, um, I'm sure that's got to be kind of almost like diving a new site on an old site type thing. Yeah, so it, it does. Uh, it makes. It, it makes uh, so like folks who, who folks who are you know trained and experienced in deeper diving uh, techniques and decompression diving techniques can can dive that lake anywhere in that lake um, you know when it's full like it's you know it's it's like the high 100s 180ish um, which is totally reachable on scuba for for trimix divers um, so it. But what it does do is for folks who who maybe aren't that adventurous or aren't prepared for that sort of diving, it it starts making sections of the areas of the cave accessible to them. And then for those who who are equipped for and prepared for deeper diving, uh, it reduces their decompression obligation at, at a given at a given site. So it's easier to stay longer um, and, and not have to decompress as long or be getting cold Um uh, you know things like that. So it does is generally make things a little more more accessible. Of course, it all, you know, as always with the lake, a lot of that just depends on what the visibility is. And we we have been we have been contending after after a long period of some excellent visibility in Lake Travis over the past few weeks, maybe maybe month or so. I'd say uh, we've we've experienced a decline in visibility in the lake. It's one of the reasons Canyon's been really popular is the <laughs> visit's awesome in Canyon right now. Um, but so, so that kind of controls things too. You got to kind of look at the, at, you know, at the visibility and that's been slowing us down a little bit. 
Um, there's usually a, a nice thing about Travis is there's usually because it is relatively deep. Usually you can find even when things start declining in visibility, you can usually find some decent visibility at somewhere along the depth range. And, and so, you know, we've been in recently like below 90 feet seemed to be where that was. But I, I received a report from a few days ago that even at a hundred feet now it's starting to get kind of murky. So we'll just have to see how that develops. But yeah, but the short answer to your question is absolutely as the lake levels go down, it generally makes parts reachable to people where it otherwise wasn't or makes it logistically easier for people who were reaching those those spots, at least as far as the in-water logistics. It can make it challenging for getting in the water uh, logistics. Um, if you're on, you know, shoreline that's um, basically a cliff face, as you know, every every foot or two that the lake goes down is two or three or four more steps on the stairs you, you have to take. What is the current lake level right now? Oh, um, I haven't checked it in a couple of weeks, but I think it was about I think it was about thirty-ish feet low, maybe thirty-five feet low. So you know, what's six eighty-one is the normal pool elevation minus about thirty or thirty-five feet down. It's been lower. You, know, you can still get you can still get to the water by the stairs at Windy Point. I've, I've dove Windy Point before where you had to leave the stairs. And walk across rocks and, and and gravel and sand to get to the the water's edge. Uh, so it, so it has been has been lower before, um, but so we're just we're just hoping for for rain to to bring that back up for 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 a number number of reasons. Um, but you know, it's we we talk we you know we tend to talk about the the negative of the low lake level, but. It's also a good reminder of how fortunate we are to have such a deep lake nearby because there's there's people, you know, there's there's places where people dive where you would be bone dry at 35 feet low. Um, there would be no diving. Yeah. Um, and so we're we're, re we're really fortunate to have that with Lake Travis here, uh, just so close and centrally located within the state. Yeah, and that's actually good, the, the number one reason why I left Texas was because the lake was dropping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, right. kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, there's a good upside too, doll. I, literally, uh, when you say you know, for every foot it drops, there's another few steps you got to take. Someone counted the number of steps the other day. I, I don't remember what what they came up with, but just last night I was coming up with you know a set of steel doubles and a and a 40 strapped on me and you know <laughs> coming up the stairs by the time you get to the top of the stairs you know you, you feel it like you know i don't care how fit you are you're gonna feel that and um you know my bright side moment was you know hey look like i don't have to go and lift this week because absolutely. <laughs> I spent, spent all my time on the stairmaster so you know Free the workout. whole diving plus exercise thing you know like there you go you if the water keeps, you know, at this level, you get your stairmaster plus your diving in in one day, yeah. and then hey, go go enjoy ice cream the rest of the week. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a absolutely. That that's that's a that's a point I try to make with people pretty pretty often. I, I have a friend who's really fit. He's a scuba diving friend. He's he's not real hardcore, but he enjoys he enjoys diving, and he's he's a bit of a gym rat. And he's, he's like calling me. He's like, Hey, is the water still low? Is the stairs still bad? And, and, I, and I'm like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like I go to the gym and work out and I see people on stairmasters and, and, I, and I'm thinking, are they like him? Like, 
they're like, well, I'm a, I can't dive Windy Point because there's too many stairs. Let me go. Let me go to the gym and walk on a stairmaster. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, 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 you know, it is. It is. It is good exercise. It, it, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it really is. And so, I just it's hard for me to relate to that. How people will the 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 things that people will do to try to avoid exerting themselves in their day to day, but then they'll. They'll spend money and time driving up to a gym to, to work out. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. I will tell you, though, that I, I, you know, last week I was out there in singles. And um, and and then, to, you know, yesterday I was out in doubles. And it did make me think, do I, do I really want that much back gas for that much bottom time? Or can I just dive some singles and, and have a good time, right? So, uh, so yeah. yeah, maybe there's a, there's some, uh, some adjustment to your diving, but uh, – in terms of your your configuration for that consideration, but yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting too to see the lake level this low, and also recognize. I think it's great to recognize, as you said, how lucky we really are that we're not at bone dry. And then I think on top of that, the other benefit I'm seeing is that some of those underwater features, for example, at Windy Point, that may have been very difficult to repair or to see damage to, or to, to see something that's going on. Now it's, you know, like, you know, for example, the platforms that are there, platform one, you know, had some issues that now are very easy to repair because it's out of the water versus the logistics mm-hmm. of repairing that in the water would be not impossible, but a lot harder and harder to see and so on and so forth. So I think that there's, there's some benefit as well. And that's happening around the lake, not just at Windy Point. Um, that underwater features are being able to cables and tie-offs and things like that are, are much more accessible now and able to be repaired or, or maintenanced in the right way, um, which is a good thing uh, in, in general. So there's another benefit there as well. Yep. And on sure. the, uh, yep. uh, being grateful, I mean, I would love to be at Lake Travis Windy Point right now. I mean, I'm in an area where there's not really any diving at all. So if I want to get to diving, I have to hop on a couple hour boat ride or, or, uh, hop on a plane or whatnot. I mean, I haven't found it yet. I I do believe that there is some here. I just haven't met the right people, um, is my, my theory, but yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm half mile from the ocean and, and supposedly there's no diving in there and there might not be, I don't know. Um, but as soon as I get some, some downtime, I definitely want to go find out and search the area, but you know, definitely you're lucky that, you know, both three within an hour drive to be able to, to hop in the water. And, you know, even if it is up and down some stairs or rocks or whatnot. So that's, that's a plus. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, well, I guess uh, my, my next question. Um, so we, we've mentioned Canyon and talked about Lake Travis. Uh, is there some, some areas that you're hoping, hoping to target or uh, like, I didn't mean to cut you off if you were going to talk about some other areas, but do you have some, some, uh, sites that you have your eye on to head out and, and do some, some exploring and surveying? Yeah. I mean, we have, we have additional sites in, in Lake Travis that, that we, we just haven't had time to, to get to yet. So there's more, there's more structures um, noted on maps, uh, buildings, bridges. Uh, there's more things to go, to go look at there. And there, there's more things to go look at, um, and Canyon as well. We, we want to go check out Cranes Mill, uh, where there's reportedly some old 
there was a little community, which it's in an area that's now submerged. And, you know, we've seen news reports where descendants of the family who own businesses in that community uh, say that, that, you know, the, the lake rose uh, unexpectedly quick. And so that they, some of that stuff is still down there. We want to go, want to go look for, for some of that, some of that stuff. And there's, there's some interesting, so I want to make it like the Lake Travis and Canyon Lake show. Uh, but there's, there's some really interesting leads in, in Lake Amistad that I, that I want to get to. I, I personally am really looking forward to those. You know, we, we know that there's, uh, there, that we know of an underwater cave. We know the general area where it's, where it's located and it's down there. It was documented from before the lake and we want to go, you know, we want to go find that and, and see, see what that looks like. Uh, it, it was have some historical significance. Like there used to be a um, when you know people were migrating out west to California, uh, the roadway that they took uh, went through what is now Lake Amistad. The railroads went through now what is Lake Amistad, and those railroad tracks are still down there. Um, we want to go. We want to go check. We want to go check that out, um, as well as the maybe some old buildings that are down there. Um, there's there's things that we we've dove before on Amistad that are known features that we want to get you know better documentation on, in particular the the two hydroelectric dams that are down there, Lake Walk Dam and Devil's Lake Dam. Um, those are both down there. And speaking of of fluctuating lake levels, the lake Lake Amistad was in a really bad place until recently. Um, it was it was at a historic low. It was it was more than 50 feet low. And one of these dams was actually uh, starting to show uh, it was above the water level. Um, it's back underwater now. So Lake Amistad has been rising, uh, I think, probably uh, half a foot or so a day for weeks now. So oh, it, wow. it, it has come up quite a bit, quite a bit. Ramps that have been closed are starting to reopen. So these dams are now you know, back underwater. We want to go, you know, we want to go, want to go dive those. And it's very helpful to the good enough project that those lake levels are coming up. It doesn't help us that it's making the cave entrance deeper again, <laughs> um, but but it's easier for us to it's easier for us to there's things we can do to control the dives to access the deeper cave. But when the boat ramps get closed down, we can't do anything about that. So lake level being up is is better than the lake level being too far low. Um, plus, just water supply issues uh, for the for the community. Obviously, it's better to have lake level up. And so, the w- one of the first ramps to close on that lake is Box Canyon ramp, which is the closest one to to Good Enough Spring. It's only about a, I think about a couple miles away from the spring. And when it closes, we have to the the spring is way far on the upper end of the lake, and it's a pretty big lake and when when Box Canyon closes, we have to launch down in the main basin, and it's a long boat ride uh, from the main basin. Particularly if you have it loaded down uh, with a lot of a lot of heavy tanks, like we use in in decompression cave diving, and so it really slows us down and it really drives up the fuel cost when we have to motor from from these places. So we're really excited that it, Box Canyon is. It's partially open now, uh, which means there's a section of the ramp that's that's usable, 
and we're anxious to see it continue coming up so that so that we can get our boat in and out on that ramp and make the the spring a little easier and and more cost effective to get to uh for our viewers that don't know where is lake amistad located in texas it's in del rio right outside the the town of del rio texas it's on on the mexican border near the mexican town of ciudad acuna so it's out out west of san antonio so if you're not familiar with that texas geography um it's west of san antonio uh, about a couple about a couple hours it's a very remote area it's one of the things that makes it very interesting but also a little bit logistically challenging to 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 get to Nice. Is there any any other areas of uh, interest? Well, you know, all the usual dive sites uh, around the state. Uh, we, you know, one that we have some activity going on at that I, that I hadn't mentioned yet is Mammoth Mammoth Lake. It's uh, for those who aren't familiar with that. That's a it's a private private lake. Uh, it's pretty good size, and lots of lots of underwater things have been have been sunk there. There's some pretty good life in there. The uh, paddlefish have been known to to live there, so that's something that's something kind of unique. I, I'm not sure what kind of numbers they might still be in there, um, and how easily they are to find. But they're they're there, and they've been doing some sonar work there. So Mike Blues, our site coordinator uh, for Mammoth Lake, and he's he's getting trying to get access to the sonar data to try to work off of so that we can then plan dives to fill in the gaps between, between that. So there's some things going on there. Um, we, you know, we've got Wheeler branch and, and scuba ranch for folks up North haven't really kicked off activities there yet, but those are, those are looked at to, to begin, to begin soon, hopefully. And you know, there's there's several others that we don't have site coordinators for that we're we're looking to get to, but they're lower on the priority list because they're further away from the active participants. Uh, but we welcome folks who might dive there, or or be willing to travel there to to do more there, like Possum Kingdom Lake, as a as an example. Um, so yeah, those are those are some. So Mike, maybe it's good to to pause here and and. Um... And talk a little bit about, you know, if if this is successful, you know, your vision comes to fruition. You know, where where does all this end up in your mind, or or is it kind of a let's wait and see what happens, or or what what's kind of the desired outcome for the project and for the participants being a part of it? You know, like, like I said earlier, this this was a this was a totally spontaneous thing to just that just kind of sprung up. So it's it's not like a lot of efforts that start with a goal in mind that and and then you start you know de, you know defining what the the tasks are that you need to do to achieve that goal. So it it is a little bit fluid, and I'd really say the outcome the outcome of it is the experience that the participants have in in doing the activities. That I that's really the outcome as as I see it. But what will also come from that is, you know, we'll have we'll have published data on the sites. So you'll you'll start to see uh, dive site maps come out of this that, that people can use when they go go to these sites and they, they want to understand what's there and, and how to get to it. 
or if they're trying to decide where am I going to go diving this weekend and they can, they can go to these maps and they can look at them and, and, and see, you know, well, I, here's some things I might see if I go to Windy Point or here's some things I might see if I go to Canyon Lake and they can make a decision where they want to, where they want to go, where they want to go dive from that. So you'll, you'll, you'll see stuff like that uh, as a, as just a natural product or output of, of the activity, but it's really, it's really about the activity because the, the, a driver, real driver on this was there's a lot of people out there who like to dive regularly, but they, they feel like they lack a purpose to their, their dives. And they, they know, they know they want to go diving. Uh, they go out to the lake on a regular basis and they get there and they're kind of, they know they want to be in the water. They know they enjoy the activity and they know they want to do it, but they're kind of like, well, what are we going to do on this dive? Okay, well, let's get in and let's swim around again and, you know, swim where we swam before. And, and what I, the, what I was hearing from people, uh, when I put that announcement out there was, yeah, I want, I'd like to have a purpose to my dives. And, and so now I know I'm going to go look for the sailboat at Mansfield dam and I'm going to see how deep it is and I'm going to measure and see how long it is. And so it just gives them a little bit of purpose and they, to their dives and it makes it more enjoyable for them. And it does build, it does build some skills that they can take with them to, to other projects and other, other diving activities. Yeah. And and just, you know, if you're, if someone's out there listening right now and, and kind of getting that itch and wanting that experience, what level of diver do they need to be to get involved? Yeah. Any level we, we've even talked to people who um, are non-divers you know, there, there, there was a, a lady whose whose husband and son dive, and but she doesn't she doesn't dive, and it wasn't the husband or the son that contacted me. It was you know it was her, and and so you know there's I was sharing ideas with her about how you know she can be involved, and you know she can be the one um, drawing the maps. You know she can help plan the logistics and and give out the the team assignments of who's doing who's doing what. Um, you know, she can help set up, you know, shore support things and making sure that safety equipment is there, uh, that, that food and drinks and snacks are there, that shade is, is there. Um, so really that, that's a, that's a very, very, that, that might be the number one question I get, whether it's the Texas survey project or the good enough project. And I have people tell me all the time, well, I'd like to be involved in something like that, but I don't really think I'm, I'm ready for that. That sounds too advanced for me. And what I always tell people is your, your background and your experience doesn't determine if you participate, it determines how you, you participate. So there's, there's usually, there's usually things that, that can be done that can match where the person is at and and what they want to be doing with their dive at that point in time and their, and their spectrum or their, their progress and where they're at. Well, I think that's awesome. great so too. Because oh, sorry, I was gonna say I think that's great too. Because if you're a diver that doesn't have that much experience, by hanging out with these other divers that do, you're naturally gonna learn. It's just it's bound to happen. So I think that's that's an amazing thing that you're doing. I think that's awesome, um, and it gives people the you know a purpose to dive, not just let's swim by our favorite rock this dive. You know. Yeah. And I, this is a good time that, that triggers the thought. So, so this is something that's been on my mind a, a lot lately. And this, this is a good opportunity to, to get it out there. So 
there there are there are folks who and particularly I, I feel like this maybe happens more on the less experienced range, but it isn't restricted to the less experienced range. So there are people and they you know, what I just said about determining how you participate, not if you participate, and some of them have heard that message already. But it they're still kinda they're still kinda out there going, Okay, but I don't know how to get engaged. I don't know what to do. I don't know what that really means, Mike. And, and so I just want to say, like, you know, we're, we're aware of that and uh, that there are people out there that are still interested. And we're, we're working on, you know, figuring out how to how to get folks more engaged, because I, I think I think there are people who are interested that that aren't aren't engaged yet or, or, or aren't, as, aren't as heavily engaged as they as they want to be. And so if there's if there's listeners out there that that's resonating with them or they're identifying with that. I'd say, I'd say be, you know, be patient. Like we're, we're aware of that and looking for ways to, to engage people. But the number one best thing you can do is just get, get proactive, you know, and, and reach out to somebody's on the project, uh, start doing things. You know, we have, we have something going on too, where there's, we have people whose skills are very helpful with projects like this. They're very detail oriented and 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 they're very thorough these things are good when we start talking about data collection and data management and all but sometimes these folks and i'm saying this because i can be like this myself so that's you know it's easy for me to to see to see is sometimes i i what's going on is people are they're hesitant to do do anything or take action because they're afraid they're not going to do it right or they're not you know that they're not going to be able to do it completely and it's better to go ahead and start somewhere and we can adjust as we go. You know, there, there's, there's been opportunities to collect data that we didn't capture because people felt like they needed a complete data set. And it's like, just, just give me what you got. Like go in the database and plug in what you got. If, if all it is is the name of a feature that you wanna go back to later, just put the name of the feature in there. If all you have is the depth, put the depth in there, do something. You gotta, you gotta create something that you can start building on. But if you wait, if you wait until it's perfect, or you wait until you have everything you need for it to be done, like you're never gonna do it. Like it's never gonna get done. You're gonna spin your wheels. And so we're really looking for people to get proactive and put their hand up. Uh, I'm gonna be at Windy Point this weekend. What can I, what can I do? What can I, what can I get for you guys? And just start, just start somewhere. And and if you know if you you know, give something that's not needed or, well, first of all, I was going to say if you do something wrong, but there really is no way to do something wrong. Um, but nobody's going to, you know, be critical of, of what you do or what you, what you provide. Uh, there may be some feedback given of how to improve on it, and then that's about it. So, you know, yeah, just roll up your sleeves and, and, and get going. Don't sit around and wait for somebody to, to call you because we're remember the purpose of this was trying to give people opportunities to do what they want to do. So we need to hear from you. Like, what do you want to do? Um, and, and, and let's, and if you, if you, if all you know is you just want to be involved and you want to do something, then talk to us and let's figure it out. Well, great. And, and I don't know if you covered this, but is uh, what's the best way to get a hold of, of the project if someone's out there thinking about, getting involved. Um, you know, I think, and we can put this on the, on our website as well and, and get the message out there, but what's the best way to get in contact? 
So the, the, the best way would be to, to put a message on our, on our Facebook group and, and, um, I'll need to, we may, I may need to get that and ask y'all to, to put it out on your, on your webpage. I don't have it in front of me right now. It's a, you could probably find it searching in Facebook groups for Texas underwater survey project. I think you'll probably, you'll probably get it. You can also email me at CTX scuba at gmail.com. So you can, you can reach out direct to, directly to me. Uh, definitely you know, reach out one way or another, but see if you can do it through the Facebook group. Cause I, I have help monitoring that. I don't want to, I don't want to be a blocker, um, you know, or a bottleneck to people getting involved. And, and so there's folks like Zhang Fei Kong and, and Christian Feld who are helping monitor the Facebook group. So we've got three people uh, that, that can get to that message there if you do it that way and, and you're not waiting for me to, to dig through my email or, or maybe missing something in, in an email. If, if you do send me an email, I think so far I've been able to respond to, to everyone I've got. But if you if you don't get a response, please feel free to to ping me ping me again. Um, but yeah, that's the best best way. Social media and and email are the best ways right now. Awesome. Well, anything else um, to add before we we wrap this update up? No, I think that's I think that's about about it for me. Um, that's kind of. Where kind of how we got started, what we've been up to, and really just kind of getting kicked off. It's a volunteer project, so it just what we do just depends on what people are interested in and how much time they have to to give to it, and that kind of controls the pace of how things happen. And I'm hearing I'm hearing from some of the folks involved that you know the winter is actually an e- a better time. Believe it or not, it may seem counterintuitive, but they can actually do more in the winter. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do in the winter. Um, and, boat the boat accessible sites we've been purposely dragging our feet a little bit on some of those because um, one of the most dangerous things about diving like travis is not the diving it's the boat traffic Um, and so if it's easier for us to dive that lake um, for boat sites it's it's better in the winter so things are going to pick up on on some of those sites this winter and so looking forward as we get into the cooler months of coming back to, to update y'all on, on what's been, what's been happening. Awesome. Well, thanks. And, and like we said, this should be the first of many updates as we go along and uh, looking forward to hearing more stories of stolen trucks getting pulled out of places and hopefully some <laughs> discoveries of, of some of the areas that you were just dis- discussing um, there and, and who knows some other unexpected things. Um, but most of all, I hope that if you're out there listening to this, and you're on the fence of, of getting involved um, or you want to learn more that you reach out to Mike um, or you reach out to the group on Facebook and just get in the water. You know, and you don't have to have a survey C card to be able to contribute to this. Um, in fact, you'll probably learn a heck more actually doing the work than you would in a, in a survey course. I, I don't know if that's true, but in my mind, it, it is true that you're going to learn a heck of a lot more and get a lot more out of it. Um, actually doing the work. So like Mike said, there's stuff for everybody, whether you're comfortable going to 30 feet and that's your max depth or or you're ready on full trimix in a scooter to, to head down to the bottom and try to find that uh, that old dam or that old you know mill that, that's been looking for. So get involved, reach out to Mike, reach out to the Texas Underwater Survey on Facebook 
and let us know. Um, if you have any problems doing either one of those things, send a message to Nick, myself, or producer Daniel, and we'll be happy to put you in contact with the right folks. So, Nick, anything to add before we wrap this one up? Uh, well, no, I just wanted to uh, real quick, if if you got a little bit more time, Mike, if you could just give us an update on what's going on with Good Enough. You know, I gave you that shout out uh, with the new position. Um, we heard, uh, I, I know on the Facebook group, there's been some updates and, and you're obviously in a new position, a new role. So if you want to just give us like a quick update on that whole situation, that would be great. Oh, sure. Yeah. Happy to. Um, so yeah, something, something that's been happening behind the scenes with a good enough project for, uh, a year or two now is, is I've been working with Chuck. No, Chuck has been the good, good friend of mine, a longtime dive buddy of mine, done tons of interesting dives with Chuck and particularly in good enough. Like the biggest dive of my life was, I was buddied up with, with Chuck and good enough. And Chuck has been the project director since we formed that project um, in, in early 2000s. And something that's been kind of happening behind the scenes is he and I have been working on a transition um, where, where I can, can help him more with the, the director responsibilities and kind of transition me into that. And what we've, as, as things have started picking back up with the project, uh, what, what we've learned is there's, there's an awful lot for a director of this project to do. And, and I asked, I asked Chuck if, if he wouldn't mind sticking around and continuing to help with that. And thankfully Chuck is interested in and willing to, to continue, you know, serving in that, in that director role. And so what, what's happening now is we, it's, it's kind of, you know, Chuck and I both have internal, what I'll call internal and external facing roles with the project internal being the, the people who are, who are actively involved on, you know, team members of the project, if you will, external being other, other folks that, that we work closely with, like the scientific community and the national park service and so Chuck, Chuck's going to, Chuck's focus, we both are going to face both directions, if you will, but Chuck's focus will be more on, on maintaining the relationships and working with uh, external facing uh, folks. So the, the park service and the scientific community, and I'll be focused more on internal and which will be helping, you know, form the, you know, build the team and, and diving operations at, at the site and, and diving prep dives in between trips out there. So I'll be focused more on that. So that, that's what the idea was with the new role was to kind of carve out this internal space where I'll be focusing. And, and, and so that, so that people who aren't real close to the project know who to contact for the more external facing thing. Chuck has a lot of experience for many, many years working with, with these folks in the parks and the science community. And so that, that's what the thing was with the, the new, the announcement of, of my new role with the, with the, with the project. As far as what's happening with the, uh, the project, you know, we had a, a trip out there earlier this summer where uh, we, we were kind of making note of the, the infrastructure. You know, there was a period of time with COVID where there, there wasn't, there wasn't uh, team diving going on there. So earlier this summer, we were assessing the conditions. We uh, did a little bit of line repair uh, did a little bit of work on our on our downline and mooring structure, and we we need more work in these areas. And so that's what upcoming trips are going to focus on is trying to get some of that infrastructure 
back in place and and up to up to par and for introducing new team members to the to the cave and getting them familiar with the site it's a very unique very unique site and and so we we like to we like to take our time getting people uh, familiar with the nuances of of good enough good enough spring um, also a, a really interesting thing that's going on is uh, south southwest research institute is kicking off a project uh, for studying uh, spring water around around the state, and and we're going to be working closely with them on that. And so we you know we worked with with some of those scientists before. So it's kind of an ongoing thing, uh, but they've they've received some funding for some new work. So there is ongoing science work that that we're doing there at the site. We've had we've had some old team members recently returning to the team, um, Martin. Martin Polizotto and Larry Hack, who both have have been good supporters of the project in the past, are are returning and, and becoming active with the project again, as well as we have some new folks that are that are signing up and, and getting started. Um, I already mentioned the 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 lake situation is improving. Uh, the the lake level's coming up really, really nicely. It still has a ways to go before reaching full. Uh, but it's getting it's getting to a it's almost to an optimal point where the ramps are still open but not full, uh, which is a good place for it to be uh, for diving so that we we don't have as much depth to deal with when we're when we're diving there. Uh, but we do have the the Box Canyon ramp open. Uh, we're looking at doing one or two more trips this season. Like I mentioned on the podcast before, it's a seasonal seasonal dive. Like we, we can't do much there in the cold months because of temperature differentials between the spring water and the lake water uh, makes things logistically difficult uh, for decompressing divers. So we, we will probably do one or two more trips this season. And, and then we'll go into this, this winter. Uh, we're going to make a, a pointed effort to do familiarization dives with folks who want to join the team so we can dive with them. And, and the lakes, maybe make some Florida trips and dive in the caves in Florida uh, for, for helping get uh, new folks up to, up to speed and get people familiar with each other. And I want to encourage everybody to check out our webpage. We had an overhaul on our webpage recently. So there's a lot of, a lot of trip reports that some of them may not have ever been publicly shared. Some of them might have been shared on our email list, but, but, went largely unnoticed to the general public just because they may not be plugged into that channel. And so a lot of these trip reports are out there on our webpage now. Some new photos are out there. And so there's some really, really cool and interesting stuff in these old, these, these old trip reports. And you can, you can see, you can kind of see how the project became more formal over time because you read the, you read the trip reports, some of the early ones, you can tell it's just friends diving together and letting each other know, what happened this weekend and how their dive went this weekend. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, as, as, as the project started becoming more known, as we started working with scientists who, who actually have real jobs dealing uh, related to good enough, they started becoming more, more formal as we went, but never too formal. Like it's still, uh, it, sometimes it starts to feel like a job because it, it does get kind of serious sometimes. But at the end of the day, this is really, it's a hobby for, for us. Uh, we do it because we love it. And so we, we try, we try to keep some informality and, and lightheartedness in it as well. Um, just because that's just how we are. 
Well, great. Thanks for all the updates, Mike, and um, and all the things that you're working on. Uh, before we wrap this one completely up, I just want to give a special shout out to all of the divers that have been working on the Texas Underwater Survey so far. So Christian Feld, um, Zhang Fei Kong, Scott Bauer, Mike Blue, Alex James, um, we see you and appreciate all the work that you're putting in and hearing some of the stories and things like that. And um, if there you know, are more out there, we missed your name. Um, we'll catch you on the next one for sure. Don't forget, uh, and, don't forget, Jay, don't, don't forget Jay Gardner. Oh, and Jay, and, oh, hey, Nick thank should you. be the one who's saying to, that, right? Thank, uh. thank you, to, thank you to Jay Gardner too. He's a member of the he's a member of the Hardy Boys team. I like, am. I'm a, I'm the, a Hardy the, Boys. The Canyon, the Canyon, the Canyon Lake, uh, Canyon Lake detectives. Team. That's right. We, we, we find trucks and pull them out uh, and solve cases over there. So uh, who knows what we'll find next. But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, these, these divers are amazing people as well. So that's a cool part of joining the, the, the project or, or participating in any way is, again, you know, I always hear divers talking not only about what you mentioned, Mike, that, you know, I want, I want an objective for my dive, but also, it's, oh, it's so hard to find dive buddies. Well, hey, like this is, this is, two birds with one stone in a lot of ways uh, that you're going to meet some amazing divers and some solid divers that like Nick yeah, said, I, you know, if you're, if you're not sure of your skill or, or those sorts of things, man, hanging with some of the guys we just mentioned um, is gonna, is going to up your game just by being around them. So um, yeah, big shout Ken, out to all that. And Ken Georges, Ken Georgeson too, um, who's, who helped us get that, that event to kick things off this summer and income incomes has been uh, really active and, and getting things coordinated up at Stillhouse hollow as well. So yeah. Good. Um, Good. Yep. Hopefully at the end of these uh, moving forward, we're just going to have like big lists of names we have to read. It'd be like the, uh, you know, the credits to the end of a movie, uh, only yeah. an audio version of it, <laughs> which will be good. That's what we'll, that's what we'll shoot for every Every update of these, hopefully the end is much longer. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a good good target there. Well, thanks, Mike. Um, really uh, appreciate you coming on and, and updating, and, and we're happy to provide a platform for those updates to go out as well. So it's a pretty good combo for us. Um, anything else to add, Mike or, or Nick, before we wrap this one up? Thanks for having me on, guys. No, thank you for all the updates and, and look forward to hearing more of the underwater survey, Good Enough Springs, and, and what you got going on in the future. All right. Well, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe using whatever podcast listening platform you listen to uh, or you use. So hit that subscribe button. That way you're notified of new episodes when they drop. And hey, check out thedivetable.com. There's lots of things you can do there. But most importantly and relevant to this one is if you can't find the Texas Underwater Survey or you don't, you didn't write down ctxscuba at gmail.com. That's a hint. If you didn't write it down before, now you can. ctxscuba <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, you know, then you can reach out to us uh, at the dive table and we'll put you in contact that way. So www.thedivetable.com. Um, yeah, go ahead, Mike. So I'm sorry to backtrack here, but uh, I apologize for being remiss in this. But I did want to say that um, Jenny Leung has has done some some work with us out at out at out at Windy Point, and I just wanted to say like she's been Jenny has been a huge help, 
And I'm sure she would love for more of the ladies to get out there and help us. Please help us make this to where it's not so much of a boys club, ladies. Yes. Like <laughs> uh, Jenny would love to have some some female dive buddies with her, I'm sure. And so it's not, this isn't a guy's thing. Um, so really looking um, for some some more help there. And so, yeah. Yeah, Get great point. Jenny's an awesome yep. diver as well. So again, yep. uh, getting connected there, um, you know, I, I think would be a great thing. So awesome. Well, that wraps it for us here. Again, um, that's ctxscuba at gmail.com, facebook.com. Uh, do a group search for Texas Underwater Survey, or you can reach out to Nick or I or producer Daniel at www.thedivetable.com. Dot com and so there are three ways to get involved right there and we're looking forward to seeing you out there doing some survey work uh nick any parting thoughts before we close this one down no just uh, another great show and once again thank you mike for coming on and uh it's always good to have you and can't wait for the next time yeah thanks all right thanks for joining us today and we hope to have you back on the next episode of the dive table The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.